Welcome to Consumer Connections, a podcast series brought to you by Scylla. I'm your host, James Pikeway, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Faisal Khan. Consumer Connections is your guide to navigating the ins and outs of marketing and insights with a special focus on the Arab world and its global implications. We're thrilled to introduce you to a range of experts and leaders from the domains of strategy, marketing, and insights who will share their thoughts and real-life experiences with us. The theme of this podcast is transitioning to the new normal, travel marketing evolutions in MENA post-COVID. Faisal, who is joining us on this podcast? It is my pleasure to introduce Roxana Nicolescu, who has a fascinating career spanning two decades in the field of marketing, social media, and corporate communication. Currently serving as the VP of Brand Marketing at Vigo, the premier travel app in the Middle East and North Africa. Roxana's guidance has played a pivotal role in the company's impressive yearly growth. This serves as a testament to her unwavering expertise. Prior to her role at Vigo, Roxana held senior positions in marketing, communications and PR at Qatar Airways, where she honed her extensive industry knowledge. We are excited to have you as our guest, Roxana. Your wealth of experience is certain to provide our listeners with invaluable insights. It's just great to have you here. And a wonderful number that came up on the internet this morning as I was just looking at, you know, what what you guys do and what's going on. 143,000 plus downloads of the app in February. Oh, yes, absolutely. We, uh, we ramped up our marketing activities uh, starting with uh, 2022. And uh, we are seeing the result. We ramped up the, the brand marketing activities. Now there is a huge demand for travel. The world has opened up. Uh, most of the restrictions have been lifted and there is a huge appetite for travel, especially from the MENA region. And when you think about all of this travel and you look back at the pre-COVID, the COVID and the post-COVID, how has this altered your strategies as you're going forward? Is it making your life easier? I don't think anybody's life is easier in a post-COVID world and things have changed for better and for worse at the same time. So if I go back to 2017-18 in a pre-COVID uh, era, let's, let's put it that way, the consumer's behavior was completely different. They used to consume different kind of media. They used mm. to have a different behavior towards travel. If people were uh, back then, they were just traveling for, for the sake of being away, now mm. the travel is a bit more intentional. If uh, TV was trending at that time, the marketing mm. uh, the marketing mix and the platforms they are consuming in a post-COVID world are completely different. Then moving back into the COVID area, when the world basically stopped. Correct. Right? It, it stopped. It must have been a nightmare for you. We can only disband. <laughs> it, just... it, it was a complete nightmare. And that's because, first of all, we could not predict this. Secondly, we did not have a moment as such it happened before, so we could not even refer to something like this and just adapt our our marketing strategies or our business overall strategies based on it. So we went from from millions of up downloads, we went from millions in dollars revenue to zero. In in a month time or even less, yeah. it was heartbreaking to see all your efforts and all that work just crashing and crumbling. Uh, what we kept on doing was talking, talking to our audiences. We started reinventing ourselves. We launched a loyalty program mm -hmm. during that time, which is long due. But because of all that day-to-day, -day, you know, rush in our work, we had no chance to do it. So during COVID, we, 
we launched this loyalty program wherein we invented a, tra- a marketplace mm-hmm. uh, with non-travel products. Okay. So us, we go is, is a travel marketplace and we extended the same value proposition to non-travel. So we, we kept on offering our audiences a reason to, to visit WeGo platforms, right? And the second thing we've done, we, in, we launched um, travel advisory section on our platforms, wherein we kept on feeding the market with the latest travel restrictions, rules, regulations, because people were still waiting to, you know, to, to see that silver lining and they were waiting to travel far faster than the two years, which, which right. proved to be the right, uh, you know, the, the length of, of the COVID. And uh, I, I must admit that the visits to our platforms did not really drop, right? So wow. we, we, kept it, we kept our audiences engaged. However, the revenue was down. It was a lot of work during that time. You might think that during COVID, as in the marketing department, mm. you know, we didn't really have work. But for us to keep the conversation going, to inspire people, to give them reasons to keep on dreaming about travel for mm. when it's safe to travel was our day-to-day duty. And we kept doing that for almost two years. We partnered with various tourism boards, which were all also in need of Great. keeping the audiences you know, engaged and they wanted to keep inspiring people for when it's safe to do so, then you can choose a certain destination. So we partner with these NTOs. We ran campaigns. We ran, uh, obviously, everything was digital at that point of time. And we kept Mm -hmm. on inspiring people and we kept on telling them one, well, the world is opening. This is what's waiting for you Mm -hmm. at the end of the tunnel. Moving into a post-COVID world. uh, Well, that was really tough. (laughs) <laughs> because we realized that everything has changed, right? And how we started planning, we conducted some market researches just mm. to understand what is the new normal. We wanted to understand how COVID changed the behavior of our customers, right? And we realized it was a massive change. We ran some focus groups, some brand health uh, studies mm. as well to understand the pain points to understand what are they expecting from a, from a marketplace such as ours. What do they expect from the travel in general? And the findings were really, really interesting. Now, if in a pre-COVID world, people were a bit more, well, I would say not that mindful about how they spend on travel, what is the reason for traveling, we are traveling because we can because we have so many airlines, because it's a wealthy region. Now the travel became far more intentional. I'm mm. not going to travel just to see new places. I'm going to travel primarily to see my family, to see my friends for medical reasons and education and so on and so forth. Uh, so the reasons for traveling have changed profoundly. The way they book travel has changed. Really? If before people we used to go to marketplaces as ours or to online travel agents now they started preferring going directly to the airlines mm-hmm. and to the hotels reason okay. being cancellations refunds insurance are far faster right because you do not have the middleman and you do not have to go through an extra hustle to get your ticket reimbursed or to get it cancelled 
or uh, or uh, to get it uh, rescheduled. Right? That has a profound impact on your business model, though. Hundred percent, absolutely. So what we wanted to tell these customers is that fine, you can still book with us because this is a marketplace. You are still going to the airline website to fulfill your booking or in the marketplace you still have the airline you can still get your loyalty points you can still call back but to wrap this all up in a marketing message was almost impossible and yet we did it another change we've noticed is the rise of the social media platforms Mm. i know that social media was there before but now it it you know, it has risen to to, um, to a different level. TV is absolutely meaningless these days. Mm. We have the audio-on-demand platforms. We have the video-on-demand platforms, which we are consuming. Social platforms became the go-to place for people to get informed, for people to get inspired for travel, and not only for travel. I mean, we do so much, we spend so much time on the social media platforms and it's the, the, the other channels uh, were irrelevant. In a pre-COVID world, I remember we used to be on NBC all the time because TV was king and it helped us build the brand, the brand which kept us going during COVID because we just relied on the, on, on the brand awareness at the time. Now social media took the place. The beauty in this region is that each country has its own mix of social platforms people consume, right? If in Saudi Arabia is TikTok and Snapchat, in UAE is primarily Meta, Kuwait, Twitter. So we had to get accustomed to that. And through our research, we found out all these beautiful uh, results, right? So it helped us massively in planning our our media uh, strategy moving forward. So, Roxana, as a marketing lead, changing gears from a world that was all about TV, mass communication, changing gears to completely digital, especially in a post-COVID world, how did you as an individual manage that transition in terms of react to it? It hasn't been easy, I must admit. But I think that if you are willing to adapt, and us as marketeers, we have to adapt fast to the new realities. Uh, I think that's, that's possible. And with the rise of the AI recently, as we can see, you know, it, it's a game changer. Mm. It, it fully changed the way we think marketing. Mm. It helps us, but on the other side, it has it, its downsides as well, because, okay. downside as well, because it happens so fast that sometimes you feel that like you are running, running, but you will never reach. For us, it was, was quite easy. We, mm. We've been a digital platform. Correct. So when the digital world picked up, I mean, we were kind of ready for that. Uh, and yes, digital became a very, very important, uh, a, an important tool right. for us in marketing. One thing which I picked up throughout your conversation, whether you're talking about the pre-COVID era, during COVID, post-COVID, you mentioned the word market research. What's your point of view on market research or the significance of market research when you're designing your marketing campaigns or in the entire planning you're doing around marketing campaigns? Where does market research fit in? Well, I think it's the foundation of all our marketing activities. I run marketing uh, market studies on a quarterly basis. Hmm. I need to understand how the world is evolving, how the customers are uh, changing their behaviors. What are the trends? How do they consume? How do they perceive our brand? Hmm. 
mm. right? How can I address the pain points? So my strategy is not to go out there to say that we are the best. My strategy is to tackle the pain points our customers have and to address them with every single marketing tool I have in hand. And mm. marketing became so granular these days that we are not going, it's not one size fits all anymore, right? We target based on communities, nationalities, whatever possible. Uh, we have a full content strategy in place and we know what are we telling our customers, each customer's uh, in uh, uh, segments, right? So we plan that, that really well. What are the challenges in the region? As you said, you've got different markets. You've got the Saudi market, you've got the Omani market, you've got the UAE market. What are your challenges in speaking to the pain points of each of those markets, yet having a unified brand? Well, it's, it's quite difficult and everything comes down to a proper planning. Once you put a content strategy in place, once you build a messaging house for each community and you plan it well and you plan your activities per each social media channel, per each digital channel you are using, and this is what we do, I think things are getting easier. It's really challenging. I mean, we have a large team. And maybe this helped a lot. We have a team based in Saudi Arabia to cater to Saudi market. We have a team based in UAE to cater to the needs and understand this market. We have Egypt, we have Lebanon, we have Europe, India, within all the core markets we are handling. It's more expensive if, uh, if you want me to put it that way, because more granular you go and more focused you, your marketing activities will be be obviously an additional cost to that so cost would be the 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 main challenge uh human resources and time for this but again with a proper planning and a proper strategy in place you can overcome all these challenges i think when we think about all of the people we've spoken to so far in this podcast your group is the first one that's talked about having teams on the ground in the various market segments which makes a lot of sense absolutely nobody can take the pulse of that particular market unless you live and breathe in in that area right so we assume yes we know we collect data we run researches but again having someone to understand exactly what's needed in that particular market is vital and i think one of the biggest challenge in the conversations or being in the industry itself is these are such unique markets or even if you talk about ue it's such a heterogeneous market with expatriations, expat Westerners, expat Arabs, the locals, similar situations in, let's say, in Kuwait with different, you know, social economic classes across uh, the spectrum. Uh, it's it's probably, you know, not easy because you're also looking at a strategy that's universal where you can tap into everyone, but then you have to also customize and personalize a lot of your communication. And I think everyone's a traveler for you. Like, everyone's your target audience, the entire, everyone's traveling. So must be all the more challenging. Absolutely. However, we also have an umbrella approach towards the market and how our positioning as a, as a brand at the moment is, is that we offer value in travel, mm -hmm. right? It can be value in terms of money, in terms of time, in terms of anything which you are valuing when you travel. And 
this is the the um, the foundation of all our marketing activities and all the rest of of the the messages we put out there they have their roots into the umbrella uh, yeah. strategy in our positioning and how we started the entire thing and we went to to the core of travel why do people travel they have reasons to travel okay. right and we started identifying these reasons for traveling were there any surprises um yes in a post-covid world absolutely if before people were traveling for leisure people were traveling just to explore new places to see new to, to to taste new cuisines and so on and so forth now we are noticing that people are traveling for visiting friends family primarily leisure a little bit less but it's picking up and even when it comes about leisure we do not have such long trips as before we have far shorter we go to different mix of destinations right people um started avoiding landmarks and and famous destinations they go for uh for off the beaten track let's let's right. call it that, that way destinations which were not that trendy before they became uh, a, a go-to place now azerbaijan for example we have montenegro croatia romania just a few countries which started being uh, searched for by uh, Middle Easterners travelers. Do you see us transitioning back or slipping back into the way things were 2018-2019? I think that will not happen anymore. We all changed. We all learned our lesson and we changed. Everything has changed and what has been in 2019, I don't think it will come back. The world evolved a lot. The digital evolved a lot. Um, artificial intelligence is taking over. So the entire ecosystem has changed. And uh, I mean, all the tools we have in hand will change our way of, of, uh, of acting. Saudi has been a very exciting market, talking about travel, tourism. It's they're investing a lot of money in uh, inbound travel for Saudi, developing a lot of properties, etc. Is there a very specific focus on Saudi? Do you have from a strategy perspective, marketing perspective? Actually, Saudi Arabia is our largest market, and a lot of our focus goes towards Saudi Arabia. Uh, we own the market and we understand very well the market because for the past maybe 10 years since we started operation in in the gulf we were focusing on on saudi market if you would ask me i would say it's it's an easier market than uae because the market is not as fragmented as uae you you have primarily saudi nationals and some expats here and there but the majority of the saudi population is, uh, is living in saudi arabia and the moment you start understanding their behavior the moment you you know what kind of of media they consume how do they book travel that becomes easier right I think the the challenge we have in uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, the visa restrictions they have across our geographies. Maybe another challenge I would say in Saudi is that the market is moving so fast. Correct. With all the developments happening, 
keeping track of how the entire market evolves, it's a real challenge. That's this why I'm going back to, the, to my market researches quarterly ones. I'm even running focus groups. I just completed one in Saudi Arabia, actually, uh, a few weeks ago. And it was, it was really interesting because everything is changing from, from one quarter to another. And the, the people now understand far more travel. They want to go out there. Uh, some of the countries started lifting the visa restrictions, made it far more accessible. UK recently announced that they are making the, the process far easier. So it makes it easier for us as well. And you have a lot of media tools in hand. Let's not forget that NBC network is, is a Saudi-based uh, 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 broadcaster. Uh, they have one of the biggest video-on-demand platform, which is Shahed. And that's, that's, really, uh, that's really easy to, to plan the Saudi marketing. Do you use influencers in your campaigns? A lot. Influencers marketing is one of the most important tools we have in hand at the moment, especially in Saudi Arabia. It's very trendy and it started in a pre-COVID time and we thought that maybe that will slow down. But no, influencers marketing is one of the most important tools I have in hand at the moment. One of the challenges we've heard from many people when dealing with influencers is how do you attach an ROI to what they're doing? There are two ways to attach an ROI to what they do. So you can run um, an affiliate marketing model with the influencers, wherein the main objective is to download apps. You have a tracker attached to that particular campaign and then you can monitor it. The second way is the usual kind of influencer marketing where you measure primarily the engagement and there's no ROI attached to that. At WeGo internally, we have two well-defined departments. We have the performance marketing and then we have the brand marketing. Hence, we know clearly that the brand marketing has a separate set of KPIs which we can track and we understand that very well. And how we measure some of its success, maybe through the brand health trackers. Well, we cannot really associate it to that particular activity, but still gives us an indication that what we are doing, it is correct. And then on the performance marketing side, things are pretty clear. You know each dollar what brings in into the company. So I would I would say that once you have these two departments well well defined and you understand that some will bring you a clear return of investment some not but you notice that the brand health indicators keep on growing that you are doing the right thing Mm. when i mentioned influencers you you, and talked about some of the challenges with them your face lit up Did, did do you does any great experiences come to mind when dealing with influencers that you can share with us? All the experiences we had with influencers were really great because they brought a lot of, of amazing results. Um, some of the best experiences we had were with our uh, tourism board partners. Uh, we recently 
concluded a campaign with Visit Britain. It's our long-term partner. It's our seventh year of partnership. And all the influencers' activities we've done with Visit Britain were fantastic because the destination is so beautiful and the content creators had a lot to talk about, a lot to experience. And I would say that uh, we've never had a bad experience with an influencer across the markets because we know, we understand that we have experience in dealing with influencers at this point of time. And I have, a, uh, I have a big social media team which is dedicated only to influencers. Wow. With all these uh, new ways of marketing, whether it's digital, social media platforms, influencer, how do you see things going in the next few years? How is, what, what can we expect? I would say that social media will keep being trendy. Uh, I would say that apart from social media, all the uh, artificial intelligence deployment happening now will be a game changer and not only in travel, but across uh, across other uh, services and products as well. People will consume things differently. Everything will become digital, will have augmented reality, which will play uh, an important role. It started, it started a few years ago. We used it a few years ago, but nobody would pay that much attention. At this point of time, Absolutely. You have virtual reality, which is an important uh, step forward, especially in tourism. Uh, You have um, all these tools which Google launched recently, Microsoft, ChatGPT, which are changing the way we do things on a day-to-day basis. So I think this is the future. It's hard to predict because all these tools are growing exponentially and nobody would believe last November that we'll be in this point in June, the, the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence will take over our lives and our work. Who would have thought that? You, we wouldn't even fathom that kind of uh, uh, approach, right? And have you started playing around with it in terms of building campaigns and... Uh, kind of getting some cues to marketing uh, initiatives and activities. Absolutely. Being a digital platform that we started using ChatGPT in December, so it was newly launched. We started using it for primarily for text uh, generation, but now we are using MidJourney, we are using ChatGPT, we are using BART, we are using Bing, all these platforms. We are integrating artificial intelligence into our platforms as well, into our product. We'll soon have a voice command. We'll soon have uh, a search box, chat box integrated in the product to make the travel easier. We use it in social media a lot, a lot. We use it in our creative department because it's far easier now, especially mid-journey, which keeps on getting improved day after day. And it's fantastic. It saves a fantastic amount of time, leaves us more time to, to do some other things. The only limitation we have at the moment, especially for mid-journey, is that uh, it cannot generate large uh, large sizes, visuals, but for social, it's, it's fantastic. ChatGPT uh, and the other text um, uh, tools are still not fully accurate at the moment. We use it in our PR and blog articles, 
but still you need to revalidate all the data. But definitely takes a lot of work off our shoulders. Does it scare some of the people working in the office, in the marketing department, in the design department? I mean, scare might be the wrong word, but is it causing them to say, okay, I need to make sure that I am upskilling. I need to be thinking about how I'm bringing value now to this tool that's, as you said, speeding things up. I would say that scare was the right word, <laughs> which, you, which you used. <laughs> uh, because it scares people. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's a natural reaction to something that new, which we never predicted, which we do not fully understand. We do not know how big that will grow. But I always tell my team that Artificial intelligence will never own the, um, uh, all the skills a human being can bring to the table, right? It cannot be creative, intuitive, angry, happy, upset. It's just a machine which has an algorithm and the output will be as such. But it will never be creative. And it still needs a human element even to write that prompt and the right prompt because... I am telling you, to write the right prompt is not easy. And I don't think that it will take the human value anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was having a conversation with uh, my boss the other day and I'm like, do you really need me to write insights anymore? (laughs) Because it's giving you recommendations. It's also telling, you know, this is the findings. This is the summary of the findings. These are the recommendations based on these findings. Uh, and a lot of, I mean, I do agree, of course, that was a joke, but uh, you need a human intervention. You need to kind of, but it helps quicken things up, speed in things up. It, it really enables us to make things faster and gives us a direction to maybe even think in certain ways. Of course. And ChatGPT until recently, it had its own limitation because it could compile information and data only from 2021 onwards. Now is connected to internet. So that has been improved, but again, it, it will not take the human element. It has no emotions. The other thing you mentioned is VR and AR. I think that's very exciting because we were having a conversation with the head of insights at Snapchat uh, where she talks about how consumers are using AR in their travel because they use the lens to point out to the buildings and they get the historic information of those buildings. And that completely changes the way you're traveling because it becomes more exper- immersive in its own ways where you're getting all the required information of the places, the history, and maybe places to see. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Of course, it, it goes an extra mile. You can review the restaurants. So you are walking, you do the same thing, and you'll see the restaurants reviews, hotels reviews, and so on and so forth. So it's a fantastic tool. That's why also... Um, Reviews in marketing became so important now that we brought the reviews and we should understand them and we should never ignore the reviews which we get and we keep an eye on on those all the time because the online reputation these days became stronger than the brand. I'm having a lot of conversations around how people are now moving their brand health from asking people to just measuring it through the ratings, reviews given online. It's become synonymous what your digital reputation is it's actually what people really believe in. Absolutely. Yeah. Reviews, word of mouth, are some of, of the points popping out all the time on my research findings. 
word of mouth is so important. There are markets where word of mouth and family recommendations are the top criteria people make the decisions based on. You do quarterly analysis. Where do you think we're going to be in a year's time? It's hard to predict. It's really, really hard. We wish we, we knew the answer. And even our planning, it doesn't go as far as a year <laughs> as it used to be. Yes, we have a long-term strategy. But when it comes about the day-to-day activities, I think it's a quarterly. Uh, it's more realistic. I do not know what's going to be in one year. But I'm so excited and I'm so much looking forward to see how all this reality we live into now will evolve. What a great conversation. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Roxana. Thank you for spending the time. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Consumer Connections, a podcast series brought to you by Scylla. The theme of this podcast has been transitioning to the new normal travel marketing evolutions in MENA post-COVID. Our guest has been Roxana Nicolescu, Vice President Brand Marketing at WeGo.com.